Hi, it's Wesley Yor. I played Will Marshall on the TV classic Land of the Lost, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. We are back with another episode of On Screen and Beyond. That quick, yes, that's right. We are back with episode 594 of On Screen and Beyond, the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is a special edition of On Screen and Beyond, as we are not going to be doing our normal routine where we give you the uh, updated movies and uh, remakes and sequels and all that stuff, but uh, we are going to go right into our interview with our guests because, uh, you know, we just did one just yesterday, so (laughs) a regular one, and uh, we're going to be going right into that in a few minutes right here, but I want to give you a little information here. Uh, On Screen and Beyond, of course, has been doing for a long time interviews with guests at Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, and they are now having their CroftCon. Now that is celebrating the works of Sid and Marty Croft, and that is coming your way on Saturday, May 21st at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. And they are going to transform this historic, beautiful theater into Living Island, okay? And they're going to celebrate and they're going to show H.R. Puffin Stuff, the movie, and uh, which was called Puffin Stuff. And that was from 1970. And uh, that's going to be finishing the evening. But it starts at 11 a.m. And it goes till, well, who who knows, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever. I don't know. But uh, they will be having uh, so much stuff going on. It's going to be so fun. They're going to have Q&As. They're going to have lectures. They're going to have a costume contest where you can win up to $200. And they're going to have trivia games. And they're going to be, of course, uh, signings by the uh, stars from those shows. And uh, just a whole lot of stuff. They will have talks with these people. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. And you say, who's going to be there? Well, the confirmed guests right now are Butch Patrick from Lidsville, Wesley Ure and Kathy Coleman from Land of the Lost, Johnny Whitaker from Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, Sharon Baird from H.R. Puffin Stuff, Land of the Lost, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, and Lidsville. She was in all of those. She was one of the costume characters. Plus... Special Croft alum guest Christopher Knight from the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Now, that was done by Sid and Marty Croft. So, you know, it's it's just, and it's getting bigger. There's more people that are going to show up. It's going to be a lot of surprises. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in the Orinda, California area, be sure to check that out on Saturday, May 21st. And tickets, where can you get them? Well, you can go right online. They have them. And you can go to... Eventbrite, okay, it's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com, and you can get your tickets there, there's a lot of different levels that you can get, it's, uh, you know, the admission is only uh, $25 for all day, or you can get a VIP pass for $45, and I don't even know if there's any of those left, of the the VIP passes, because those are going to give you, you know, all kinds of great stuff and everything, but, um, 
you know, and tickets uh, are, will be at the door will be $30. So, you know, get them in advance if you can. And uh, But like I said, go to eventbrite.com. You can get all the information there for CroftCon. It's going to be so much fun, and it's going to be the first ever totally dedicated to Sid and Marty Croft at CroftCon. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, like I said, there'll be a lot more surprises. We'll keep you updated as we keep getting closer and closer to it. And we'll have more guests right here on On Screen and Beyond. But today we're going to have Wesley Ure. Now, if you've never met Wesley, he just has so much energy. And he's a lot of fun to be around. uh, And you you just got to, you know... Uh, just got to go and see him. And uh, But if, if not, you can go and listen to our past episodes. He's been on uh, a guest earlier, quite a few years ago, and now today. So uh, if you can't make it out to California for this event, of course, uh, we'll have all these guests here so who will sort of get you, get you in the mood for it anyways. So um, we appreciate that if you will check that out. And what do you say? Why don't we get right into it? Our interview with Wesley Ure of Land of the Lost right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor, director, producer, creator, and author who has spent years on the soap opera Days of Our Lives. He also created the children's show Dragon's Tale and was the host of the game show Finders Keepers, as well as appearing in many game shows as a celebrity guest, including Password in the Match Game. But he is most known for his role in the 70s Sid and Marty Croft show Land of the Lost as Will Marshall. On Saturday, May 21st, he will be one of the many guest celebrities at CroftCon at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, celebrating all things Sid and Marty Croft. It's Wesley Ure. Wesley, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, man, thank you for having me on. We are I can't believe that we're doing a CroftCon. For the, and it's the very first time ever. I, I mean, Sid and Marty Croft have had so many shows on. And, for the, you know, with all the, with all the Comic-Cons and stuff, Wow, we are so excited! I know it, it's. I'm sure at some of these conventions where the autograph signing shows, there may have been, you know, somebody from one of the other shows or something. But but this one is specifically, and, and you think of what Sid and Marty Croft did, how many different shows they had. It's incredible. A Lidville Puffin stuff, Sigmund the Sea Monster, Donnie and Marie show. I mean, it, it, it just. I mean, it. it <laughs> You know, in the seventies and eighties, they they were the uh, they were the legends of television. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And and they're still going strong. <laughs> well, you know, Sid Sid's in his uh, early nineties, like ninety, I think ninety three now. And he calls me every once in a while, and we'll talk. Well, okay, I take it back. We don't talk. I listen for about an hour, <laughs> but it's the best listen I, you've ever had. Sid has the best stories, and he, he goes on and on, and we're hoping, hoping, hoping that he's going to be able to make it to uh, CroftCon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're fingers crossed. Yeah. Now, you know, Wesley, uh, I'm sure you don't remember because you do so many different things, but uh, back in April of 2011, 11 years ago, <laughs> you were actually a guest on on screen and beyond. Oh, my gosh, you're right. You know, as soon as... 
you asked me to do a promo before the show started. And I went on screen and beyond. And my head was going, wait a minute. I, do, 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 do. I've been there before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if people want to hear some of that interview, they can still go back in our archives to Season 4, Episode 158, and check it out. And it was a lot of fun. I remember it, it, it well. In fact, I listened to it uh, just not that long ago. So, it's, Oh, no, you know, now the pressure's on because, see, now I can't repeat what I said before 11 years ago. I mean, come on. Well, I had to listen to it because I didn't want to ask you the same questions, too. Oh, my jerker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I probably sang the theme song to Lamb of the Lost because I, I did that in the uh, original series. And I did do that, didn't I? I 2011? That I don't know. I don't remember, really. Oh, um, okay. Well, fine. <laughs> but, but, but no, that, that is interesting that, that you did that. Now, was that a planned thing or did after the show get, you know, uh, get started in production, did they decide, okay, well, let's have Wesley do this? Well, I was actually recording in a boy band for Motown at the time. And so they thought, in fact, they, the first episodes of Land of the Lost, they billed me just as Wesley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was the, it was absolutely the worst decision by a manager on the planet Earth. But he thought, well, hey, you're doing all these, you know, these concerts and stuff around the country and you'll just be Wesley, <laughs> like Cher. Well, I think by the second, third year, it was Wesley Ewer. But when the first episode aired, it was a different voice, and they said, no, Wesley should sing the opening and closing theme songs to Land of the Lost. So I went into a studio, um, and the producer was actually one of the guys in the boy band. Oh. Uh, so Michael Lloyd, who went on to become one of the most famous record producers of yeah. all times. Yes. And uh, and so I went in, and, and uh, you know, when I look all around i can't believe the things i found now i need to find my way i'm lost i'm lost find me living in the land of the lost 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 living in the land of the lost bravo okay that that was that was the closing theme song but the opening theme song was Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known. High on the rapids, it struck their tiny raft. Ah! Plunged them down a thousand feet below to the land of the lost, to the land of the lost. And then Grumpy goes, roar. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was one of the most fun things I ever did, you know, recording-wise, and you know, it, it's so much fun. I, we, I see movie, there was a movie, Bubble Boy, with Jill, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for Disney. Mm-hmm. And he pretends he's me. His favorite show is Land of the Lost. And he actually rocks out the closing theme song. And Tenacious D, Jack Black, has a band. And if you Google it and go on YouTube, you can hear Jack Black and his band really rock out the opening and closing theme songs. <laughs> and my other favorite one is Peter Griffin on Family Guy. <laughs> it's auditioning in front of Lois for a community theater and his audition song is when the lost theme song. So <laughs> it's amazing how that little song, you know, has taken off. You go into a recording studio, you know, before a show ever airs, you never know what the heck is going to happen with it. And then suddenly it has a life outside the show. Yeah. Now back in the seventies, that was the thing. Everybody who was on TV was going to be made into a singer. Uh, were you looking to be a singer or did they, you know, it, it, it just developed that way. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I well, I, I come from New York. I was, I mean, I, I was went to LA, you know, when I was like twenty, and my first show that I went for an open call a week after I got to LA. It was a show called The Organic Vegetables, and it was going to be starring Kay Ballard from Mothers-in-Law, yes. and it was produced by the Monkees, the guys who did the Monkees. And it was the next show, and I was the lead singer-drummer of a band called The Organic Vegetables, and we were all waiters and waitresses in the restaurant. So we started filming that, and then there was a writer's strike, and we, it never made the air. But, yeah, I had, I'd always sort of – it was odd because I – you know, in New York, I, I, I did West Side Story, and, and you know, as a, as a young actor, and I, I did a nightclub act. When I was 18, I was hired to do a nightclub act in Provincetown, um, opening for a celebrity, you know, singing comedy songs. So, I mean, it, it, it yeah, I, 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 I guess I was supposed to sing, <laughs> but I never, you listen, I never thought of myself as a singer, and it was like, no, we want you to sing, oh, okay, I'll sing. <laughs> But it was it was never like something I said I'm going to be you know yeah. Taylor Swift right but, uh, <laughs> but you're right everybody everybody back in the 70s was singing I remember after the uh, Olympics Mark Spitz who won all the gold medals in swimming mm-hmm. I would suddenly I'm being hauled off to see Mark Spitz musical act at Knoxbury Forest six at Six Flags uh, and you know so everybody you know you you I, listen back in the day Ronald Reagan. Bang. You know, he had an album come out. Really? Uh, everybody, <laughs> yeah, you, you can still get it. I mean, from Richard Chamberlain was singing to, to it seems like everybody that was a, a movie star or something like that, they said, oh, let him do a Christmas album. Right. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they're all, well, let's face it, Christmas songs are basically only about eight notes. Yeah. But you were going to, oh, yeah. weren't, weren't you going to possibly replace, um, David Cassidy? David, I was, yeah. The Partridge family. Partridge family uh, yes. David, it was the last year, supposed to be the last year, and David said he was quitting the show. So ABC was up in arms, and they were like, oh my gosh, we don't want the show to end. So they decided they were going to cast a guy to play his next door neighbor, his, become his best friend. And the next door neighbor was going to have a dad who was single, who was going to end up marrying Shirley. And the next door neighbor, David, would go off to college and you know, I, I would become the lead singer of the Partridge family. So ABC was looking for somebody, and I went into a studio. Bobby Sherman, the wonderful child star Bobby Sherman, yes. he had a great house in Encino with a studio. Went into Bobby's house, recorded a song for ABC, went to ABC, lip-synced it for ABC, and got the part. And then David heard that I was doing it. We all Back then, we all knew each other. Mm-hmm. So And he goes, ah, you know what? I don't think I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but you it was back you know back in, go ahead i'm no, sorry i'm sorry go ahead no back in the day like these, these you know it was it was a much smaller community back then and i remember like uh, sean cassidy and lake lake garrett would come over and swim in my pool you know it, it was so just before uh, sean even was uh had his first tv series mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a loosey-goosey and and it was very it was very nice that you know the franco kids right i mean the michael jackson all these people you know we we knew each other. Wow. Huh. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now, and you were plastered all over the Teen Idol magazines. I mean, how did that feel? You know, truthfully, is I, I, I was confused by it. I mean, I thought I'd be a new, I thought I'd be a New York actor. I mean, I, you know, I thought. I thought I didn't have this. I truly didn't have the face for TV. I, I thought, well, you know, on stage, I can look like anything. But suddenly, I, I never thought of television. You know, it was it shocked me. I would go to a grocery store, and there would be my face. You know, sometimes, sometimes three covers a month, hmm. and it was, you know, from Tiger Beat to Soap Opera Digest to the Soap Opera Magazine because I was also doing Days of Our Lives right. as Michael Houghton, which I did for almost a decade. And it was, it was surreal. And, uh, and then it became a game like, oh, what do you mean I'm not in this magazine this month? <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, uh, what do you mean they've got Michael Jackson on the cover now? <laughs> huh. So did you uh, have trouble going out in public? Did people recognize you, you know, and, you know, start running after you yeah, like the Beatles a- or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I kept I, was, I kept a pretty low profile. I had a little horse ranch, and you know I was I worked so much. I was doing so many different shows, and I kept myself. I mean, I had those moments because I used to. I was a big fundraiser for March of Dimes, so mm-hmm. I would host the telethons during the winter when we used to have telethons. And there was like in Pittsburgh. I remember I was doing the. I think it wasn't March of Dimes. It was the Variety Club, which uh, Pittsburgh's their home for the Variety Club. And I was hosting that, which I did for, I think, three years. And the crowds got so big, the fire department, they were rocking out. I mean, just like the Beatles, they were rocking the car over, and the fire people had, they disguised me as a fireman. I had to put on their uniform, and I was much smaller than these guys. So the pants were dragging on the ground, and, and they, they put me in the middle of a bunch of firemen. And said, well, well, we'll be back to pick up Wesley in a little bit. And then I'm, I'm in the middle of them, and they're walking out like a huddle, like the end of the Mary Tyler Moore show when they're all huddled together walking across the room. Um, so, but, yeah, it was, you know, it was it was nice. Uh, but, I, I ne- listen, I'm, I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I, I mean, I was a little southern boy. And, you know, my family was not in show business. Mm-hmm. And so this was when I, you know, this, this was an – an anomaly to my family. Yeah. And I, so it was all surprised to me when I got on days of our lives, it, it was, my grandmother just passed away. And when I was a little kid, my grandmother would watch days of our lives. And I remember sitting with her ironing, I was just like five and six and seven or whatever. And I, and that smell of those old irons mm-hmm. on that old ironing board as she's watching the soap. And I, when I, it, well, to this day, when I if I ever watch Days of Our Lives, that smell of that old iron just sort of comes wafting through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, now that you mentioned something, like that, I can I can remember my mother doing the same thing, watching the soaps and ironing at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got well, be quiet. I got to watch my stories. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's, it's amazing how some people listen back in the day because you know I was I played my court, which was a sort of. A kid, a rebellious kid, became a doctor. But I, 
and back then, of course, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have Facebook and all that. But right. I sort of get, I mean, some of the craziness that happened. People that would think you're the character. There was one lady sent me uh, would send me a fan letter, and it was it was lovely. You know, hey, you know, big fan, blah blah blah. And then they started coming every day for over a year, and we're talking five page, ten page letters a day. Wow! And then finally, she sent me a she and she called me Mike because I was my court. And uh, I remember one of the letters is just Mike. We're getting married, and you're picking me up my house. You go down this road, turn left here. It's a trailer, and I swear it's a trailer. I promise you, I'm not making this up. It's a trailer on the left. And she sent a picture of her children in the bathtub, these little babies. Hmm. And I said, "Okay, we crossed, we crossed the line, folks." <laughs> and I took it to the, the heads of uh, Days of Our Lives, and they took it to the network, and I never heard from her again. But it, it's amazing. I mean, when you're on a soap opera, how many people think you're the character? Mm-hmm. I got a, I, I got a, a call, a letter one day saying, "Mike, I hate to inform you, but your wife, Margot, is having an affair with your, with your father." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, this is, this is a huge joke. Of course, it's you know." So. Suzanne Zener played Margo. I said, Suzanne, look at this letter. You're never going to believe it. They think you're having an affair, you know, with, with, with Ed Mallory or my dad. And she grabs the letter and runs out of the room. And then she, she's gone for five minutes and runs back in and shuts the door and said, all right, listen, Ed and I are having an affair. We were in Hawaii. <laughs> Jeez. And he's still married. And he's not divorced yet. You can't tell anybody. Oh, well, I mean, they they had got divorced. They got married. They were together for a long time. But I, you know, that moment I will never forget the panic in Suzanne's eyes. It was it was incredible. But wow. you know, that uh, happens to soap operas all, actors all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am rambling like a banshee today, aren't I? You well, would think I've had too much coffee. It's, hey, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, <I apologize. laughs> uh, all right, now how did you get involved with Land of the Lost? Well, I, I got Days of Our Lives first, and then I was in New York City. David Merrick was asked me to come and maybe take over the lead of Candide on Broadway. Again, singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't sing. <laughs> so I auditioned. I met Sid Croft. At, at, a friend of mine, was turns out to be one of his best friends, said, hey, this, Sid Croft's having a pool party. Uh, our, our cup is over for dinner. Come join us. I went over to Sid's house to the pool. He came up to me, and it was only like four of us or five of us, said, look, I've got a new show. And they're casting on, you know, next week. Here's the name of the casting director. Call her. I want you in. So I called her. She got me right in and said, bless his heart, has said, he said, no, you walked in and that was it. You got the part and we cast everybody around you. And that's why Spencer Milligan, who played my dad, looked so much like me. And then I auditioned Kathy. I think Kathy Coleman, who played Holly, who will be at the show, yes, by the way. Yes. And she's fabulous. Um, I, I, I read with her. She had to audition five times to get the role of Holly. Hmm. Wow. Now, did, of course, here you are. You're on a soap opera. Did you hesitate at all to go on to a kid's show? Or did you just? I did. I, well, I was 21 on Days of Our Lives, and I looked younger. So they wanted me to play 16. I thought, I don't want to play 16 you know and I am so glad that I made that choice because Land of the Lost has been it's amazing it's still got a cult following it, it, it seems to increase every year um, this year I mean up until July I, Kathy and I have actually booked I mean we're doing eight autograph shows it's 
the demand has been crazy for the show huh. because the show was was written by the Star Trek writers. Wow. Um, so if, if David Gerald was our head writer. He created, if you're, tri- you know, Tribbles, he created Trouble with Tribbles mm-hmm. on Star Trek. Uh, and he ca- he got all the top sci-fi writers at the time. They were DC Fontana, Larry Niven, Spinrad, all these people that had written some Star Trek episodes, but were at the beginning of their career, and of course, became the most famous sci-fi writers. So the effects from the 70s, because there's no CGI, may look a little hokey, <laughs> a lot hokey. But... The scripts, we're talking time doorways and matrices and doppelgangers. And if you listen to the script, the sci-fi is incredible. And David Gerald said, uh, we were at a show, and he said, we wrote Land of the Lost, the kid show, as if it were an adult show. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it became NBC's number one show. And of course our monsters were Mike Westmore, who did all the Star Trek monsters. He was our makeup artist. And, and monster creator, and the Sleestack, the giant Sleestack, 10-foot-tall lizard people, it came on, I think, the third episode, and the ratings went through the roof. It scared every kid in America, and it be- it truly became, the ratings became NBC's number one show. Wow. Now, so, okay. And for the little, a little Saturday morning show. So. Yeah. Now, you said the guy who did the Sleestacks did Star Trek. Didn't they have a, a show on Star Trek, one episode, rather, that had not the same looking character but the same style it seems so i remember you know the, the kind of buggy eye type thing and they're called yeah they're called the gorns okay and everybody's going oh you're a gorn no we're a sleep second well because kathy and i do the star trek convention in vegas every year the big one mm-hmm. and We've actually had, I have a friend that dresses like our sleeve stack, our lizard people, and there'll be a Gorn, a guy in a costume wearing a Gorn outfit, and they'll get in the middle of the aisle and start to fight, and people will circle and start screaming for their favorite monster. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> huh. And I think, I think we're gonna, I'm going to be bringing a, a sleeve stack to the, to the convention, to the CroftCon, too. A friend of mine is going to dress as a sleeve stack. Oh, wow. We've got, I mean, we've got... I, I know that we're, I, we're creating sets and props for the different shows, but I contacted a friend in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, who built a matrix table. And a matrix table back in Land of the Lost was inside a pylon, these golden pylons, which we might have one, by the way. Come, But it was this with all these crystals that lit up. And he, they created an exact replica, and they're going to bring that to the show. So it's going to be quite wonderful. I mean, wow. and plus it's at this theater. I mean, I've heard about this theater. It's, it's like, I don't know if it's 80, 80 years in existence now. Uh, it's, it's, old. It's, it's, it's one of these beautiful theaters. I mean, that alone to see this theater is, uh, is something very exciting. And, and I know there's other people, I mean, Butch Patrick is coming. Yes. Uh, of course we, we know there's Eddie Munster, but he was also on another cross show. Yeah. Lidsville. And, Lidsville and Johnny Whitaker, yep. Sigmund the Sea Monster, mm-hmm. is coming. Um, hopefully, Sid Croft is coming. I think uh, Sharon Baird is coming. Exactly. And she yes. played in our show. She played Todd, Chaka, Chaka the, the Monkey Boy's mother. But Sharon was in because she was Sharon is a very small stature, but she was in a lot of the Croft costume shows. And the great thing about Sharon Baird, if you if you're old like me, <laughs> I'm old. If you watch the original Mouseketeers, yes. she was an original Mouseketeers. She was Sharon. You know, hi, my name is Sharon. Right. Hi, I'm Annette. Hi, I'm Tommy. All that. And 
she began her career as a you know as a little girl and has stayed with it. And she is a delight and a pistol. It's going to be a fantastic thing. I I, I may go out myself. <laughs> Well, now, now we need to talk about nepotism here, okay? I, I mean, know. Let's, let's just put this. Now, who, I don't know, who could possibly, I mean, in the, on the whole planet Earth, could possibly be producing this show? Now, who could that be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the church lady. Could it be Satan? No. Right. It's, it's your brother. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, maybe it is Satan. I don't know. I don't know your yeah, brother yet. Well, he, sometimes he was when he was little, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but did, did he always want to have a – did your brother always want to have a theater? Because he's taken over this amazing historic theater Yes. outside Oakland. And it, it, I've looked at the pictures and, and the venue and, and the shows he produces and what he does. Sure, was this a dream of his as a kid? Yeah, yeah. He, he's always always like that, you know, and he uh, – He's, he's done well with it. It's it's he's had some you know besides the theater, as for a movie theater, it's got so many things that they've had there, so many events and things like that, and it's uh, it's just really really nice. Yeah. I, well, the pictures are extraordinary, and you know we're so grateful that he's putting this together. And I'm, I'm, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if it became an annual event? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. And if it can't come, you know, in person, which hopefully can, uh, you know, at least ho- hopefully by Zoom and stuff and, and, and do one-on-ones, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the theater. Yeah. But, um, and I hope they're going to show some episodes of the old cross shows and Land of the Lost yep. or at least put some That's snippets together and, and things like that, which, you know, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think the show Land of the Lost has lasted so long? I mean, you know, it was just, it, and I don't, you know, I'm not putting it down but it was a, a saturday morning show that you know has lasted all these years <laughs> you know it was the writing it was it was david gerald it was the star trek writers it's the sci-fi um it never talked down to kids and if you really i mean we have one episode which is my favorite called the circle and enoch who's this um orange smaller sleestack you know um and he's coming from the past. He thinks he thinks he's coming to the future. That the green ones have morphed into the smaller orange ones, like him. But he realizes no, his society becomes evil, and and he's coming from the past. And the green ones are from their future. So he's trying to go back to warn his people, you know, to stop the violence and stuff. Or you'll evolve, you will evolve into these creatures that can't speak and are monsters. But my favorite episode is there's. Um, a time doorway, a mist. And in the mist, you keep seeing the Marshall family, which is myself, Will, Holly, and our dad. And it keeps going over the waterfall. It keeps looping. And Enoch, is, Enoch says to me, he says, look, he says, Will, you must, you must go. You must leave through the, the time door. Because the episode is us trying to leave the land of the lost. I said, well, wait, wait a minute. Enoch, you mean we can go home? He says, no, you must go home. Three must leave so three can enter. And what it meant was that our, that Holly, myself, and my dad, to stop the loop, the, which was going to destroy the land of the lost, we had to go through the time mist. So at the end of the episode, we walked through the time mist back to supposed Earth, and instantly our doppelgangers come into the land of the lost. It's us, with, and it begins all over again. Where It starts out, we're looking around, oh my God, there's dinosaurs, we find the cave, it begins all again. 
So there's two worlds going on. And this was a Saturday morning show for kids, and they never once dumbed it down. They never once just, you know, said, now look, here's a time doorway. This is what we mean about your future and past. They they just said said it like an adult show, and the kids had to figure it out for themselves. And they did, and continued to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Was, was the cast close? Oh, my God, we were so close. Kathy's like my sister. We'll bunk together sometimes. We're... Uh, Phil is like my little brother, played Chaka, and Spencer played our dad. I, you know, I, I we, 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 he'll call me and go, "Hello, Wesley, this is your papa speaking," <laughs> and we will laugh and giggle, and he will go off on a tangent. And we are, you know, I've always said that the cross didn't just cast my TV family, but they cast my real life family because they have become my chosen family. We're very lucky. There's a lot of cast on like that. I mean, you go to shows and these people won't even sit next to each other from long-running shows. They hate each other. Yeah, yeah. But we are very, very lucky that, you know, we, we all love it. And like Butch Patrick, I adore Butch. And, and Johnny Whitaker, I can't wait. And Sharon Baird, we're all friends. I mean, it, it's like a family, even shows we didn't do together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about special effects. Now, there, back then there was no CGI. And it was what was called chroma key. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, that's think of a blue screen or green screen equivalent, something like that. Uh, but uh, how you know how was it? Because that that was cutting edge at that time. Well, the first episode it didn't work. It was so cutting edge. Oh really? <laughs> we had the largest the largest chroma key, which is chroma key blue, and, and the uh, we had a half a sound stage. The floor was blue. The walls were blue. Everything you know everything. So we would stand there, they'd shrink us down with the, they did stop frame animation on film for the dinosaurs. So that's on film. We're on videotape. It's never in the history of Hollywood had they melded film and videotape live together. Hmm. So we're on this, the chroma key set and they say, look at the light up, up, up to your left, way up high. That's Grumpy's head. Run to the, you know, run to the, the left and scream. So... And when the first episodes they did it, it wasn't working. They couldn't get the film of the dinosaurs in sync with the video. So the Disney uh, animators came in. Um, the, I mean, every top technician came in, and they figured it out. And we were able, by the next filming, to get it done. But it was it was a, a fait accompli. It was, it was amazing what they were able to do. And it was history-making. I mean, it really was. So... Uh, and I remember, like, uh, Kathy has blue corduroys and I had a blue shirt. Well, the problem was they kept chroma keying out, becoming invisible. It's like wearing a green shirt now on a green screen. And so we had to change from my blue shirt and went to khaki. Kathy, Kathy's went to, I think, a, a burgundy uh, slacks and stuff like that. So everyone had blue eyes. Every once in a while, the blue, the blue would, it would, would, would disappear. They had to go, oh, we have to refuse. So but it was all new technology. Right. But state of the art. And I know it looks a little, it, it looks hokey, of course, now with what we are so used to, but there's something really charming about knowing that everything was done. It was all real. Dinosaurs weren't CGI. They were, you know, they were stop frame, you know, little model, models done by Gene Warren, some of the most famous animators of animated movies back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it 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 was it was challenging, and their budget was you know for a Saturday morning show was you know crazy. I I think the Croft spent more filming it than they made on the first run. Mm, wow! Huh. But that was the Croft. You know, Sid said no. We put the money on the screen. Wow! 
Jeez. So. Huh. so now, um, do you feel that after Spencer Milligan left, that the show that was the beginning of the end? Yeah, of course. It was a jumping the shark, right? Moment. Mm. Um, you know, I like Ron Harper, uh, who came in to play oh, yeah. our uncle. And and actually, his wife was on Days of Our Lives with me. Oh, really? Wow. At the same time. Yeah. She was playing Sally, I think. And so, you know, in the, like, in the morning, I was... Because <laughs> NBC let me... I was both NBC shows, so I got to do Days of Our Lives in the morning for three years and then go to the land of the set in the afternoons. So in the morning, I'm crying that my girlfriend's leaving me. I'm having sexual problems. The mafia is after me. My wedding's not going well. And then in the afternoons, I'm going, run, Holly, run. There's a dinosaur. <laughs> so it was a little schizophrenic. But yeah, when Spencer left, it was horrible because we were all such family. Mm-hmm. And of course, we didn't know basically until the next season when he didn't show up that he was gone. Wow. Um, so, it, you know, and we had a reunion with him for the first time in decades. And... It was it's old home week. It's just like, you know, we missed him. But there was a bond that the three of us had, and it felt like a real family, because in truth, it really was. And you land a lot. You know, they did the movie with Will Ferrell, you know, because this was this Croft's number one show. It ran for three seasons, uh, which was longer than any Croft show ever ran. And, of course, it was so popular that Will Ferrell wanted to do the movie which for Universal, which became this huge flop. You know, it lost, I think, $200 million. Yeah. Even though Will Ferrell was a huge Land of the Lost fan, because in another movie prior to filming Land of the Lost, he played a character named Marshall Will and Holly. And of oh, course, geez. it's Marshall Will and Holly on the routine <laughs> expedition. So, but yeah, yeah, your, your question, yeah, it, it was a jumping shark. And, and it really became, this last season became, you know, guest star of the week was it the Medusa, the abominable snowman, the pirate. It was, mm. you know, who was it? And it, it and it didn't have the same Star Trek writers. Oh. Uh, I mean, and and it's still good, and people like it, but it's a totally. It feels like a different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Huh. And what happened too, which you, you, is that we didn't. They we we moved out of our cave, and into the Lost City, and that wasn't done because of the story plot. That was done because Sigmund the Sea Monster was using our caves to film, and they started a fire at Goldwyn Studios. And burned up all those sets oh, and geez. burned down the studio, burned down the soundstage at Goldwyn. <laughs> so we had, they had to rebuild everything. He said, oh, let's don't build those again. Let's just build the Lost City. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. So it's Johnny Whitaker's fault. It's all Johnny's fault. <laughs> okay, I'll, t- I'll talk to him about that. <laughs> Tell him. How he's all- and he's got a great story about the day of the fire. You have to ask him. That is hysterical. Okay. Well, hysterical <laughs> and terrifying. Yeah. Now, what about bloopers what, what are i'm sure there were many but uh can you give us a couple of bloopers that stick stick in your mind well the cross first of all they didn't have the budget remember back then they wouldn't save anything so there's no blooper tapes no there's tape over no no mm-hmm. don't you know they if we screwed up they screamed at us i mean they were they were we shot two episodes a week we had two and a half days for each episode now that's unheard of i mean a half-hour show, it's a minimum six a week. Wow. But the only time I remember was um, we were doing a lagoon scene. We had a lagoon. We had two sound stages. One was the Carmichael set in our interior of our cave. And the other was this incredible jungle 
with the exterior of our caves and then a lagoon. So we, we were all, you know, getting out in my, my shorts and Kathy, we were all, it was a scene where we dove into the lagoon and went into an underground cave and up into the sleep stack caves. And Spencer had his shirt on and he had the makeup artist paint a slot machine on his chest. With the lemons, the three lemons, and the, he did all whole thing, right? It was a joke and stuff like that. And so we're we're doing the scene. And he takes his shirt off, and there's this slot machine. And of course, everybody's laughing and the stuff. And Marty Croft comes running out of the control room. No one knew Marty Croft was going to be there. He had brought all these executives from NBC to see the filming. Oh, he was livid, <laughs> livid, livid, livid. <laughs> We were laughing our tail off. Wow. I mean, come on, Kathy was 10 years old, hmm. you know. Yeah. I acted like I was 10. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so we were having a good time. But Marty, and he, of course, I mean, of course he's right because they're on such a budget. Right. But no, uh, yeah. I wish there were blooper tapes. I would stand on the uh, crummy set waiting to shoot with Kathy. And remember, she's little. And she's a little girl, and she'd gotten her first pony and all these wonderful things and stuff. And I would reach down to do something, and she'd lick my nose. That was her thing. <laughs> you know. To this day, she still licks my nose. Oh, but, uh, but we, you know, again, we are such such close family. We're you know we're heading to a show this weekend together, and I, you know, it, it's it's like home week. I, I I spend half the year in Mexico, and Kathy came to stay with me um, before COVID, and we had the most amazing time swimming and, you know, doing all those sort of things. So, yeah, we are definitely a family. Yeah. Well, Wesley, uh, I, it's been so fun hearing the stories and everything you've, you've told us. And I uh, want to remind people that uh, Saturday, May 21st, in Orinda, California, at the Orinda Theater, CroftCon will be going on. And uh, Wesley will be there, Kathy will be there, and Butch Patrick, and there's going to be a whole bunch of other people there. And, uh, you know, it, it's something they do not want to miss because this is going to be quite an event. Um, but I want to finish up with one final question for you. Okay. Taking you back to when you were younger and also now, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, boy. My gosh. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I used to watch, you know, Lassie when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. well, and, and, and wish I was Timmy. And, of course, now I'm friends with him. And I used to watch Johnny. I, Johnny Whitaker was my, my – when I was a little kid, I watched him on The Littlest Angel and Family Affair and all those shows. And I wanted to be Johnny Whitaker. Now we're, like, great friends. But <laughs> – but you know, those were as a kid, Leave It to Beavers and all that sort of thing. But uh, I mean, to, I mean, I love Downton Abbey, and I love, I love, I love the science fiction shows that are coming out because I think they're getting better and better and better mm. with the technology and the script writing. I, you know, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so I, I, you know, I, I will, I will, I will binge watch, you know, hours upon hours of a series. So, you know. Some people have said, you know, ah, TV's not like it used to be. I said, no, it's better. Yeah. You know, it, it has gotten so much more sophisticated, more real, and more addresses more issues. And the technology now allows us to go places we, in our imaginations that we could have never visualized before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Downton Abbey. You like that. The, the, the new movie is coming out the same weekend as CroftCon. <laughs> I heard. I how dare them! I know. Huh? How 
because I know I know your brother needs to air that movie to make bucks, right. but you know it's like it's it's it, it interfering in our time. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, well, Wesley, I thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, people should definitely be at the CroftCon on May 21st in Rinda, California. And just talking with you and hearing you talk about Kathy and everything, uh, I got a feeling that you guys are going to be the life of the party. Well, we're going to bring, I think we're going to bring our yellow raft, assuming we can do this. And like going in the opening credits, you can jump in the raft with us for photos. And I, we plan on some more surprises that we can't talk about yet. But if all works out, there's some great surprises headed that way. So it's going to be quite an event. Well, thank you so much, Wesley. Thank you. There he is, Wesley Yor. Thank you so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, don't forget, you can meet him in person, along with a whole bunch of other stars. And a lot of these people were not just on Sid and Marty Croft show, like uh, Butch Patrick, who was Eddie Munster. Come on, <laughs> you know, you can meet him. He'll be there. So he's doing, you know, he'll be doing a dual role. I'm sure you can ask him questions about the Munsters. And uh, just going to be a whole bunch of fun and a lot of great people. And Sharon Baird, uh, just so you know, not only was she in all you know the different uh, Sid and Marty Croft films and uh, TV shows, she was also a musketeer, one of the originals. So, um, you know, that's uh, quite interesting. We'll probably get her on the show here, and we'll talk about that, too. So check that out. Eventbrite.com is where you can get tickets. All the information is there. And we'll keep you informed here at On Screen and Beyond. So uh, get ready for all that fun that's going to be coming your way on May 21st. It's a Saturday, and it's going to be a ball. Well, it's another episode of On Screen and Beyond. We are getting very close to episode 600, so it's going to be coming up very soon. And because uh, we do have a couple more episodes uh, during the weeks that will give you, uh, you know, Two guests, you know, one on our normal Sunday show and then the other one coming up during the, that week. So uh, we'll just keep them rolling at you. And if uh, you have any anything you want to talk to me about or, uh, you know, give us a suggestion for who you would like as a guest, you can send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Love hearing from you. And also, if you get a chance, if you could, uh, you know, uh, if you are getting this from whatever podcast provider you're getting this from, if you could leave a, you know, five-star review would be great. And, uh, you know, that would help us out, get more people listening to On Screen and Beyond, get the word out, uh, download all you can, because uh, that helps us out. And uh, also, if you can go to podcastmagazine.com and go to Hot 50, and uh, there you can vote for On Screen and Beyond. And uh, they ask for the host name. It's Brian Zemrak, of course. And you can uh, turn, around, turn around and, uh, you know, give us a little help there, too. So uh, get more people out. We were, let's see, we were the highest riser a couple, two months ago. And uh, then last month we were at number 23. So I'd like to see if we can get up a little higher. So if everybody wants to go out and... Put in a vote for us. That would be very appreciated. So uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. We're going to be back next Sunday, as we always do. And that's it. So until next time, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <music>